I was dating this girl, very successful, very smart. And she was like, don't buy another Rolex. And I was like, oh, but I really want it. Yellow gold, champagne, baguettes, blah, blah, blah. She was like, no. And I'm like, why? And she goes, it's fiscally irresponsible. I'm like, dude, I a million dollars a week. Mm-hmm. What do you mean irresponsible? You still with her? Uh, no, God. <laughs> she's, she's lesbian now. Is <laughs> uh, you or? No, not because of me. Okay. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, she called me one day and was like, I figured out why we didn't work out. I was like, oh. She's like, I'm a lesbian. I was like, Welcome back to the Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Pelly, along with my co-host, Ari Gold. What's going on? And our guest today, Brandon Boski. How we doing? Big Bowski. How we living, Bubba? Chilling, baby. Life's good. Ooh, listen to that raspiness. I saw this man out last night, and let me tell you, this guy knows how to get down. But, 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 for everyone that knows how to party, they know how to work hard and play hard. So tell us, man. Tell us what you do. Give people the background, and tell us how you got started in the space. So, um, got started... Well, right now, I own uh, marketing companies, probably my main thing that I'm known for. So we do uh, nine figures in health insurance marketing a year. That's like the main bread and butter. Nice. But before that, I was in the insurance business and um, I had an agency that I built from like 38 people to over 300, including offshore. And uh, went to my bosses. I built this insurance product. And I was like, yo, we're going to make a couple extra mil this quarter. I want 200 grand more this year. And they were like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. I was like, <laughs> and you had so many millions of dollars. They don't give a shit. They did not care. Yeah. Right. They were like, you can have a hundred grand. And I was like, fuck you. So that's so, when you decided to start your own thing. Yeah. So left did my own thing. Started with six people. I mean, when the guy who lent me the money to start it came to the office for the first time, he was like, well, at least I know you didn't run off Caymans or something. There you go. And I was like, yeah, I didn't do that. He's like, so I'm never getting my money back, am I? And I, I had like <laughs> my pants. Over, I was like, oh, I better get to work. Yeah. But yeah, we grew, we grew, we grew. I did really well. And then uh, the way I got into the marketing side was I wanted to buy a watch. And I had like an iced out Rolex at the time. Mm-hmm. I've always like thought watches were cool. Um, I was a smart watch guy for years because I had no money. And yeah. then... Uh, it's it's yeah, a journey. It, it definitely, definitely <laughs> it's a journey. one. But the watch game is a journey, dude. It's I feel like it's like collecting cars. Like you, you just got to know. 100%. And nobody really teaches you. You just got to yeah. yeah, learn you, you along the way. A couple times, hundred oh, yeah. percent. You overpay a couple times, and you never want to do it again. I'm glad he said it. Yep. Yep. We've all been, we've all been. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, again, lessons we learn. Yeah. But as and long as we learn, you figure, just put the lube on first. Sure, sure, so, sure. I was dating this girl, very successful, very smart, and she was like, "Don't buy another Rolex." I wanted to buy a Prezi, like you're right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, but I really want it. Yellow gold, champagne, baguettes, blah blah blah." She was like, "No," and I'm like, "Why?" She goes, it's fiscally irresponsible. I'm like, dude, I just a million dollars in a week. Mm-hmm. What do you mean irresponsible? <laughs> and she was like, Brandon, it's irresponsible. Are you break? Are you? Were you icing him down? Like, what? Why was it irresponsible? I don't no, understand. no, no. There was no. There was no good reason. It was a 34k at the time. Would it went up to 50? I would have. Well, yeah. What the f- I would have printed. If it's yeah, if it's, but, if it's bone stock, so, why, why the, is yeah, that? I, it's like I the same know. thing as buying a bar of gold, dude, except it appreciates ten times faster. Type of girl with millions of dollars that flew coach everywhere. Yeah. Amazing okay, okay, human being, Karen. brilliant, brilliant though. Shout out to Karen. You still with her? Uh, no, got it. <laughs> she's, she's lesbian now. Can't be that amazing. <laughs> yeah, dude. Because uh, you or? No, not because of me. Okay. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, she called me one day and was like, I figured out why we didn't work out. I was like, oh. She's like, I'm a lesbian. I was like, wow. I feel way better about myself. <laughs> oh, the plus. So anyway, I wanted to uh, <laughs> wanted to buy this watch and I was like, dude, she's guilt tripping me hard. Like, 
I don't know. And I'm Jewish, bro. We get we succumb to guilt. Jewish guilt. Jewish guilt. That's so, why uh, it's literally called that. I was like, all right, <laughs> if I want to buy a watch and I make some money on the side, you can't get mad. Yeah. So I started like figuring out the way that I was successful in the insurance business was we focused on like really high tickets. Everybody else focused on low tickets. Okay. So people were going for like volume of $200 deals, but the acquisition cost didn't change based on how much the deal size was. You were going for quality. So over quantity. I was going for $500 deals where I was making three, four times the money. Right. And you know, my acquisition costs weren't any different. Right. So I was printing and I had no partners. So I was like, okay, well my guys hang up on these low volume deals mm -hmm. or rather these low price deals. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna sell these to my friends and then they're gonna pay me and I'm gonna take that money and I'm gonna go to Vegas and I'm gonna buy the f***ing watch I want. I'm gonna have a good time at this next conference, blah, blah, blah. So I did, it started off like two, three grand a week. Then it was like five, then it was like 10, then it was like a hundred grand a week in profit. I'm like, holy f it's a real business. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, COVID happened, we shut down ops. Uh, I had a Medicare agency that we sold to a private equity firm, pretty big one. And then after that, I was like, all right, now what? Right. And uh, I kept trying different shit. Like I tried a male and female enhancement gummy product. I tried a biohacking gym. I like burned a few million dollars trying like 10 different things. That's and, how it goes. Yeah, you know, it goes to show you. You know how it is, but a lot of people don't see that. They see the highlight oh, reel. Oh my God. They see the private jets. They see the watches. They see Sean, the you want to talk about some of our investment in the past two years? Like me, dude. Take some <laughs> else, but nobody ever hears about the L's. I talk about it a lot. It's a uh, learning curve. It, again, it, I feel like in every industry to become great, you really just have to go through the bullshit first and learn. Nobody can teach you. Nobody can teach. Yeah. It, it's really difficult. I mean, there, let me rephrase that. There are some guys that are just super receptive to learning from, you know, a mentor and, and, and just, you know, figuring it out on their own. I just feel like most entrepreneurs that I know, guys like us that are sitting here, you really just got to fend for your own and you know, just do it. you just got to figure out how to kill. Thank you, baby. That's it, dude. That's it. So yeah, eventually uh, I woke up in like a cold sweat. My ex-girlfriend's like tiny shoebox apartment in New York. And when I say like tiny shoebox, her bedroom was the size of our this. sitting area here. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I had anxiety from that just to begin with. So I woke up and it's like 3am. I flight at six. I was like, dude, I'm not feeling this right now. I don't know what's going on in my life. I used to make a lot of money. Now I'm just like living on this. Like, dude, I wasn't crying poverty. I was still making a million, two million. You were on cruise control. You were yeah, bored. I wasn't working. You were bored. And I was like, man, I got to get back to work. Right. And so we took the company from like 5 million to 13 pretty quick. And then we did 70 this year. We're tracking. Let's backtrack there. Let's backtrack there. Talk, talk us through that process. Talk us through those next 72 hours of that next month of those next dude. six months. After that, after you woke Non-stop up and you're like, you know work. what? this yeah non-stop work just being like all right explain yeah. that to people because when you say non-stop work i'm not dude, talking non-stop work phone, and then saturday and sitting, sunday nah, you're partying sitting on the phone 18 hours a day there was no partying there Tell was no drinking there was gym as much as you possibly could mm -hmm. it was just feel good look good eat the best you can sure. spend time with people that add value to your life not people that take away from it and it was just non-stop on the phone trying to put together decent sized deals or you know deal flow in general to mm -hmm. make money in the future and in the marketing space, it's as easy as just being like, yo, I have a product. Do you want it? Right. But you have to say that to a thousand people for them to <laughs> right. somebody to be like, right. yeah, I want that thing. Or, you know, you have to have a really, really good product, which we were fortunate to. And on so, that 70 million, what's the profit on that? I won't talk about that. Okay. My, I, I say to people all the time, like the hardest part about my job is I have to be really, really nice, really, really friendly, really, really generous. And I have to be such a great person that you have to like me so much that you have to be okay with me becoming really, really rich. Mm. Because everybody I work with, obviously all makes great money. I love that. <laughs> but I have to make you comfortable with me making more money than you. 
and a lot of people cannot stomach that right a lot of people have like a jealousy problem and like at the end of the day ego it exactly it perfectly is ego and i like to build real relationships i'm not just like saying this where i'm like oh i try to make people feel good like no my job is really just to become such good friends with people i make money with that they're okay with me getting rich right because a lot of people don't want the other person making money there's always multiple parties in a deal and some people don't want everyone to win i'm a guy where everybody has to win you should, you, listen and i feel like that really goes back to what we were talking about earlier and, and it's just about surrounding yourself with people like you just said surrounding yourself with people that provide value and make your quality of life easier not take away from it yep. and when you start surrounding yourselves with teams or groups that not only are looking out for each other or have their best interests it's like you know when sean calls me and he'll ask me for a favor like hey can you set up something for me I'm not even thinking in the back of my head like of an ulterior motive of like, oh, I'm gonna get him this and now I'm getting that. Back of my head, it's like, oh, my homie needs this. There, I got the plug for it. Here you go. Yep. And and he'll keep asking and keep asking and I'll keep giving and giving because I know that. No, no, no. But I'm saying, no, no, no. But I'm saying, one day you're gonna need something. Exactly. It's like you know, you can ask you know ten times over the year, and then that one time that I need something, I already know automatically. It's like, yeah, I got you, bro. What? It's not even a question. I don't have to think about it. So it's like. When you put yourselves in situations like that, you surround yourself with people, you can, I don't want to sound soft and sound like, you know, allow your guard to let down, but you, you allow more ease of access for people around you to be uplifted by what you're doing, because it's less, it's less like, you know, when you're in school and you're, you know, like looking over, like who's cheating. It's like, here guys, you see this, this is what we got going on. This, this is the formula. Who's in you in, you in. All right, cool. Let's follow it. Oh, you, you got something to add to it? Do you think this is going to make it better? All right, guys, he said it's going to make it better. Come here. Come look at this. Here's what we're going to do. You start game planning things out and delegating. That was one of the best things that I found out in my business was that I was trying to take over too much control of every aspect. And I was trying to have my hand in every single in every person's pot thinking that like maybe I knew something better or could do it better. Or, or and, and you might have been able to, dude. I, I might I might have. But the quality of life was so poor and the stress that i was adding on top of my employees it was like you know having your teacher look over your shoulder while you're trying to write an essay to your business 100 100 and once i learned how to like give more power back to my employees and allow them the ability to grow and learn on their own and like make mistakes like yeah you up it's okay you didn't blow the account you didn't you know what i'm saying as long as it was something that could be moderately you know attended to and, and fixed I don't have a problem with it. I want you to make mistakes and learn and, and, and be able to build, but you know, you have to, you have to really attract positive people and surround yourself with people like that. Cause they're hard to find few and far between. Yeah. Team is everything. Yeah. Um, I had an opportunity last year to sell quite a lot of my company for way more money than I'd ever need. And one of the biggest problems with, with it for me was my team was going to get dismantled and I've got a lot of tech stuff that I'm working on, a lot of AI stuff that I'm working on. And it was like, if I lose my team, I'm f- right because I have like the dream team. You build relationships with it. everybody. Everybody in my business knows it. They're family. They're like, it's yeah, not. It's, it's not employees. Family, it's family. Dude. Right. It's family. Right. It's like it's like family, military, uh, blood, sweat. We all carry each other. Right. You know, like one of my newer guys on the team was explaining like the work life, and he was like, "It's like being in a family where if you don't do something, your brother's gonna have to, so you know you get it done." Right. And that that was like the greatest compliment I've ever received. But, mm. you know, that was kind of the turning point for me was I was like, well, if I sell right now and that'd be sick. But if I sell and I lose my team, what am I going to do? Who's going to who's going to help me with this next thing? Mm. 
and these next projects. Mm -hmm. like, is it worth it? And I realized like, no, actually, like you give me an extra, you know, $7,500 million, it isn't gonna really change anything. Right. I mean, it's it obviously life changing. It'll, it'll change, it's but changing. At, at the same time, you have to see but, the value that right. you, you have around you already. Right. What am I gonna do differently it's like the grass is greener you know what there i mean really isn't right. anything i would I, I already can do everything i want right so at that point it's like what am i going to do differently that's going to make it worth it to lose my team and lose the potential future momentum of these new projects right right so just had to like fall back off that and that was a huge thing to stomach and that was around the time where i was like in exact same shoes i'm going to delegate more i'm going to let other people do their jobs i'm going to stop trying to be on every call right i'm going to get on where it's important and uh, make yourself been, less accessible. Dude, it was the best thing I ever did. Changer. Best thing I ever did. Now people can't wait for me to get. Oh my God, Ari's on the call. Okay, dude, here we yeah. go. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, it's like you we, know, we got our CEO on the call. On the call. We got our CEO. Like, the... like, hey everybody, how are we yeah. doing? Dude, I take What's my call. Up, I got like my <laughs> traps coming out. I love it. I I swear to God, the best thing I could do. Yeah, but like the best thing that I could have done was make myself more inaccessible, and I I didn't realize that I was really just making it. I wasn't gatekeeping per se, but it was just like, you know, you got to watch, like you said, and everybody has that fucking watch. Nobody really wants to watch at the end of the day. Yep. But, you know, there are those one of ones or one of tens or one of twenties that's on everybody's grail list. It's kind of like people, dude. There's people in this world like Elon Musk. You're not seeing him in every fucking room. But when you see him pop up in a room, you're like, <laughs> here we go. Let's see what this is about. You know, you. It peaks curiosity. Way, next time you're in one of those rooms, just let me know. I got you. <laughs> oh, I got you. I got you. There's not many humans that I have like idol level respect for. Yeah. That's the goal right there. Um, yeah. I, I do want to dive into the topic of AI and kind of what you're focusing on now, because like you, you know, you just kind of tapped on, you obviously have things in your mind that are coming yeah. up next and that you're, you know, genuinely curious about or that you want to invest in. Talk us through, you know, what you see for AI and, and, and what the next steps in your business is going to be like. So uh, for us, we sell phone calls. That's the majority of what we do, right? Sure. So we get somebody to call about a product or service. They speak to somebody and they purchase it. With that call comes a ton of data. Mm -hmm. We have conversational data. We have all types of analytics and intelligence on geos, uh, ages, genders. I mean, you name it. Mm -hmm. Tons of data points. And we look at all that stuff and we say, okay, how can we create a better model for qualifying prospects? Because right now you have tons of call centers that exist offshore, onshore, and their whole job is to qualify a person and then transfer them to an agent that's then gonna qualify them again. Mm -hmm. It's completely broken. And if you've ever been like called about something cold called and then gotten transferred, you've been asked the same question yeah. twice. Yeah. <laughs> like none of that data is ever posted. It's not a seamless or fluid experience. Right. It's really uncomfortable. Yeah. There's no integration system that kind of stores right. it Nobody all really does a good job. Right. And so what we Except built for you. was, well, soon. <laughs> what we built was a uh, conversational AI product that works on uh, text, chat, email and voice mm -hmm. it's just gathering data and yeah so i'll ask you questions mm -hmm. but it's you know backed by one the data that we already have and two large language models behind it sure so the gpts of the world of course but you know we can ask questions like what's your annual income and if you go i don't know i can say okay it well, has a good response it, it, it for will it. say well how much do you make a week and if you go well i make a hundred or a thousand dollars bi-weekly it'll say okay so you make twenty six thousand a year is that right it does the math. Wow. You know, it'll ask you where your zip code is. It'll confirm the city. Like, mm -hmm. wow. it's it's just taking everything to the next level. It's making it making easier. Making sure it's done right. So when it gets to an agent, that data's already been posted through their CRM or their dialer, whatever they're using. 
and they're able to just go do their job. Wow. And what's better about it is ease of integration. That's if you look at humans, about, you know, you look at offshore humans, a lot of people pay like six to eight bucks for an offshore human. Obviously, those that know you can get them for like four bucks, three bucks, whatever, but they're going to be quality is garbage. Right. So, you know, if you assume that an onshore guy, somebody here in an office is going to be 15 bucks minimum an hour, you know, with payroll taxes, we're out the door for almost four grand a month. I'm charging a thousand dollars a month for this product. Mm. For a 40 hour week guaranteed uptime, one to one calling, texting, chat, et cetera. And you just add another agent if you need another agent. Wow. So the goal is to replace those like low, uh, low skill and entry level jobs. Mm -hmm. And then we're taking a percentage of our profit and we're actually putting it into a fund and we're going to scholarship for people that have had low wage or like low skill jobs for multiple years so that they can be entered into a raffle or a lottery for all intents and purposes so that they can go pursue whatever the next thing is, whether it's being like, you know, an esthetician, a mechanic, you know, some type it's of educational fund, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Okay. The goal is to- The goal is to better yourself to become- Yeah, to give people uh, the opportunity to or, become more. Right, okay. Rather than having like a mundane, terrible existence to actually go be what, gave what, you, what gave be. you What gave you that idea to start that initiative? I'm curious. Um, honestly, I just thought there was gonna be a lot of backlash. Okay. And I, I thought about Why? the people that have worked for me over the years. And, you know, during COVID, I don't talk about this to a lot of people. Mm. I've led through like $2 million in four months keeping people employed sure. in a market where nobody was spending money. Mm. You know, Grant Cardone fired his entire staff and I was asked to go hang Dude, out I, with I him bled on through. Tuesday and I was like, oh, that. No. <laughs> I bled through all my, all. I lost Ugh. a lot of my net worth over that. And when I finally did have to make cuts, we did have to shut down uh, ops. <laughs> you know what I learned? Nobody really gave a fuck. Nope. They still thought I was a prick. And I'm sitting yep. here like, you don't know what I did yep. for you. Yep. Yep, like you have yep. no respect for that right. because people don't care. It's what have you done for me lately? And I, that was a great learning lesson for me. It wasn't what you do for me yet. What you did for me yesterday. Yeah. It's what are you doing for me today? Exactly. And so I started thinking about all the jobs that I've had to like get rid of that I could have automated. And I was like, man, you know, these people always had like dreams and ambitions and aspirations. They just had like a crappy job and no like means because saving money when you have a low skill, low wage job, not very easy. So to save for that next thing versus saving for like your kid's Christmas gift, which one are you gonna, unfortunately you're gonna prioritize the kid probably, you know, and I mean, maybe not unfortunately, you're a good parent. So that's one, uh, one component. The other is customer service. So you mm -hmm. can provide us with, you know, brochures, customer service experiences uh, via either phone calls or emails. And then we can clone a customer service agent that wow. can kind of do a lot of the lower level customer service work. Sure. Obviously, Entry if somebody's level. pissed, screaming, cursing, you know, that's Let me transfer you to it. Exactly. Exactly. And Somebody that can be... calm you the f down, lady. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but exact same pricing. And that's, you know, again, like a 75% reduction in cost. And, um, you know, yeah, so over time it adds up. Right. To be really good. Right, right. Right. Oh, I mean, immediately. Some of these businesses have like a thousand representatives. Right. I mean, we're talking like saving them millions of dollars a month. Easily. Wow. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's currently my goal. That's my main focus. We also built a compliance product. So, that one can help businesses uh, ensure that their representatives, salespeople, whoever, marketers are adhering to whatever guidelines they have. So we analyze the calls. We see if there's any red flags or orange flags, yellow flags. Sean and I got plenty of people to introduce you to, yeah. man. I hope, so, you got a, hope you got a great feedback program. Yeah, yeah no, that call comply <laughs> product is great. Um, that's coming out in just actually a couple of weeks. The other product is about a month out. Um, call comply, we screen calls, we transcribe them, mm -hmm. and then we look for flags or like, potential concerns or risks. So, you know, if you're an e-commerce business, you're worried about chargebacks and customer service interactions not being done right, we'll flag for that. Mm. If you're worried about your salespeople committing fraud, 
we'll flag for that. If you're worried about people being lied to, we'll flag for that. You basically just give them a, yeah, a guideline they tell of, us of their necessities. They tell us what right. they want, yeah. And we you say, what are the things you're worried about? It. Right. Exactly. And then we do the work for them, white glove. Nice. And that product's really cheap. It's like three cents a minute. It's like nothing. Wow. Fascinating. How did so, you find the team to build out these AI products? Dude, you know, you just acquire people over time. I'm a big right. fan of bench warmers, actually. People think it's it's a crazy idea, but I'll hire people that I have no use for because I don't hire based on need. I hire based on aptitude. So when people come across my desk and they're like really skilled, really intelligent or really talented at something, I might not have a use for them today. I'll try to plug them in and see if they can add value to the existing organization. But my goal is actually to get value out of them later mm. because I see talent and I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to use you for yet, but tell right. me how much money you want. Right. And I've had guys that I've paid like 500 grand that have contributed nothing to my business. Wow. But I know that they will contribute in the future and then they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, sometimes I'm wrong, right? Your picker's going to be off once in a while. But not everybody's getting a number one draft pick to the Super Bowl. All right. I get it. <laughs> and, and sometimes that guy who's like fifth round ends up being a stud and you don't know it. Shout out Tom Brady, 12th round, baby. <laughs> so, I mean, I just accrue people over time and. You know, most of my team are people that were service providers of mine or worked for me sure. in some way yeah. as like a vendor where I was like, yeah, this guy really goes above and beyond, cares. Caring is number one. Right. We had to talk about this the other day, like my core leadership team. It's caring that is number one. Mm-hmm. Because if you care, especially in like a sales or a biz dev environment, if you care, you're going to produce much more than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you so, look at any college? Because I saw you dropped out of high school. No. So we don't, uh, we don't care. Mm. I don't care if you dropped out. I don't care if you went to school. I don't care if you have an MBA. We don't uh, give a. F- <laughs> my, my buddy, uh, my buddy Brad Lee, who lives out here. Yeah. He he. One time, I like Brad. Brad's great, dude. One of the first times we were hanging out, I was at his office. I was kind of consulting him on him getting into insurance. Actually, was going really? back like yeah, a while ago uh, with his real financial project. Mm. And I was, he's like, you know, is this shit the real deal? I was like, I mean, how the f- do you think I have money? <laughs> so he was like, okay. And um, he said. Uh, he was asking me, he goes, go to school. I said, nah, I dropped that. He goes, oh, I got three MBAs, a doctorate. And I'm like, really? Sick. And he goes, working for me. And I was like, son of a <laughs> That was smooth. Oh, that's smooth. Yeah. Yeah. He said that a couple of times. He's funny, but it's true. I, I, you know, what's funny is that over the years that I've been an entrepreneur and thank God for this, because I, you know, obviously I feel like everybody in this room, you know, all of our parents probably instilled that you know, whole thing, you need to go to school, you got to become, I'm Jewish, so you got to become a doctor or a lawyer to to really be, and that's just how it is. And realistically, what we, you know, what I ended up figuring out along the way was school is not for me. It never was, it never will be. Mm. And ironically, all the things that I went to school for, the only subjects that really fascinated me were like the side classes where it's like sociology, psychology, yeah. human studies, like, Dude, that's why I dropped out, you know? And then, so I, I, I'm probably like a semester away from, from getting my, I think it was like my master's or my bachelor's or whatever the fuck, I don't know. Uh, and I just went, you know what? I've got so many other opportunities that I can go touch. Like if I take this diploma and I go try to work for somebody, now I'm going to be working for somebody for at least three to five years, maybe seven to actually work my way up a chain. Past that seven, then you branch off, you create your own business, then you have another three to five of figuring out your own path. That's at least you know 10 to 15 years kind of down the hole. Mm. What the f- Why not start now and just see where where lands? Worst case scenario, I you know go work at f- McDonald's and you know I can I can still pay the bills, but you know thank God things worked out. There's obviously lessons that you learn along the way but i feel like it all comes back to what we said you you have to fall on 
fucking face and and you have to look at yourself and be like damn i look like an idiot i need to step up or you got to have a, a self-realization where it's just like bro is this fucking life you yeah, want for yourself is this exactly. what you want or do you do you do you, do you want do you deserve better do yeah. you believe you deserve better or do you just think that you want it that there's a fine line and when i talk to real guys that have dropped out that it's always that one thing like you said they woke up one day i don't want to be on street selling anymore i don't want to be addicted to to i don't want to be addicted to doing this and going at partying and i don't want to be that guy that everybody's like he's always faded mm. they're they're all of those guys that had that realization that went i need to change it's always a full 180 and i'm gonna shout out one of my guys kells uh shout out kellen s uh him and his wife have a really crazy story where you know he was addicted to drugs he he, he got a dui all this you know now every morning i wake up his shit is the first story i watch because he's on this 4 a.m mission mm. 4 5 a.m every morning without missing a beat 5 15 in the in the shower doing the cold plunge doing his 50 push-ups 50 sit-ups at lifetime by 6 a.m every god morning and every morning i wake up and i feel like i look at his page i'm like <laughs> all right i'm getting up i'm up i'm up and that like that kind of motivation, that kind of, of, of sustainability that you can create just by encouraging people or surrounding yourselves with, with people that provide and add value, that's what makes unbreakable human beings. Yeah. I, I yeah. really believe that. And I feel like being an entrepreneur, you just have to be, you know, pressed and pressed and pressed and pressed and pressed until finally you're a nice, beautiful, quality diamond. Then you're unbreakable. But, you know, over time, it, it, it's not an overnight thing. And people see success overnight when it's really a 5, 10, 15, 20-year journey of just being relentless, man. Yeah, I always say we're a sum of all of the experiences and interactions we've had with other people. For sure. And a lot of people, they see the outcome. They see the sum, but they don't see what, what addition went the into The scars, that. my brother, the scars. But at, at 15, bro, I was. it's funny you said that because I had skipped some grades and I was in an AP psych class. And I loved psych. Psych and sociology. That was my yeah love it was the only thing love. i was great at i mean that, we're, we're that, nerds dude what are you gonna that, do that <laughs> you know what's crazy is that i was the only person in my um in my college's history that got an a in micro and macro economics through some teacher that was literally rated like a neo-nazi of like supremacy when it comes to like you know being correct but what i found out is that he was wrong all the time yeah. the guy was on tenure and he literally just liked to with people's head and i was the only one that would stand up and be like you're wrong that's i'm a small business owner you're wrong that's not right and I, he'd be like okay challenge me and then I'd, I'd write out the exact solution of why he was wrong with that mi micro or macro business scenario and every day he'd be like sorry <laughs> but he couldn't kick, i wasn't doing anything wrong it was just challenging the status quo and challenging the norms that society puts in front of you and guys like us don't like we choose not to accept that half yeah. the time and that's yeah. what you know, people like us, when we're put in these positions, I don't want to call us pioneers, but we're really just kind of trailblazing, you know, a new path for guys behind us that you know can come up and say, you know what? He didn't go to school. He was addicted to He didn't have a life. Now the guy's 35 and living like a god. Yeah. Cool. So I went into class one day and I was always arguing with this professor because he was kind of like your guy. He was tenured. Challenger. Wrong. And I was like, dude what you're saying is incorrect the right. book literally says this i know that to be true like <laughs> this this isn't right the whole class would be like yelling at me i thought i was eggs thrown at me yeah like shut up shut up i'm like 
no, it's dude. wrong. Like it's wrong. It's wrong. <laughs> you, it's and, wrong. And so the guy was like, you know, since you know everything, why don't you just quit school? You don't need to be here. And I was like, okay. Light bulb went off. I was like, it. See ya. What age was this? Uh, fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. So I like went and uh, told my grandfather I was going to do online school. Okay. Because my professor was an idiot. He right. Was like, okay, cool. I'm down. I he never, supported this. Yeah, I never did online <laughs> school though. I got home. That's still awesome, I logged though. into one class. I was like. This. Yeah, I'm not doing aim. it. And then I went, uh, I went top ten in the world in World of Warcraft and played a lot of other games. <laughs> Bro, a lot of fun. That was a fun one. And you know what's crazy is that, like, and I, I, I am envious to this like generation coming up because not only do they have it so much easier okay. than us. Well, oh my god, relax, sorry. Uh, but just the fact that people or kids can literally become millionaires and and create actual channels of diehard followers just off playing minecraft or playing yeah. uh uh fortnite playing or unboxing uh, a toy unboxing. dude look at aiden ross we just talked about him the other day 100 mil 100 million dollars and what is he doing fucking gambling every day and hanging out with with cool ass celebrities if guys like him can make it and prosper through all the that they've been through anybody can do it it's just yeah. all about mentality and mindset and i'm a believer i lived in a car for about six months back in 2016 yeah i lived in a honda civic i was pretty recent oh uh, yeah 2016 i was i was there was a part-time where i was in vegas living in my jeep yeah, yeah. i lived in south 2016 florida was rough, I, I was dating this really awesome chick she uh she had a room rental that was like smaller than the new york apartments about this big had like a twin bed and we had like a walmart plastic container thing that you could pull out like mm -hmm. you're supposed to store your like groceries i don't, I don't know how it goes but there were socks and underwear in there <laughs> And it was really hard to find my underwear versus her underwear. Versus <laughs> it was like, oh, dude, oh, there's babe, I, it's babe, is your is this your thong or is this my thong? <laughs> Seriously, dude, it was a problem. Babe, is this the, is this your cheetah print or my cheetah no, print? Oh, oh. She was a tiny little like hundred pound like Hispanic. Oh, so, chick, so you like so them tight, huh? It was. <laughs> <laughs> tell me what right, Victoria's baby. real secret is, huh? <laughs> but nah, it's Victor. It, it made it pretty easy because I, I took out the two thongs. I'm like, oh, this one's clearly bigger. That's fine. Um. <laughs> Oh, yeah no i i don't uh i don't really care if somebody went to school i don't judge people i judge people not really by what they know by what i think their aptitude is to learn or to be good at something but then more importantly by how they treat other people i love your people your always treat that. me really well right like there's very people on the planet that go out of their way to disrespect me because i'm a good dude i'm pretty decent at what i do and like i have a lot of good relationships giving them a reason to yeah i'm just i'm just a good dude but when I see people disrespect, like, bro, I was in, I was in restaurant business for nine years. When people disrespect servers, I go oh, off, bro. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I'll yeah. light up my best friend and we're not best friends anymore type. Because the way you treat other it's people so that don't have it, a value add, that's that's one of the most uncomfortable feelings in the world is when you're around somebody and they're like, I, I wouldn't even say complaining about food, but like, perfect scenario. The other night we were all out and uh, somebody we were with was just like, God, this is just so bad. The food's terrible. The service is terrible. Like, what the is going on? I told them, look around the room. Do you see a bunch of empty tables? No. Every fucking table is slammed. Do you see any of these servers out here sitting down or on their phone? No. Yeah. You see them all sweating their asses off. And then the server comes back and he's like, bro, this, this isn't what I ordered, man. This is, I don't want this. And I go, you know what? I'll take it. Don't worry about it. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Server runs off. I looked at him, I said, bro, does he look like the fucking chef to you? What? Did he look like he fucking cooked that meal in front of you? No. Okay, then why are you complaining to him about the meal that was cooked 
when that's exactly what you asked for, it's exactly the way it came, it's exactly how it needed to be made, if you have a real problem, one, take it up with a chef, but secondly, learn your place. That, that, that You got something to say, say something to the manager, pull them aside respectfully, say, hey, look, it's not what I ordered, I want something different, or then take it around that route. But by belittling somebody on a public stage, you'll never get anywhere. And you know what that guy's gonna do? He's gonna go into the back, He's like, dude, table 56, bring him his food. Or he's going to go and he's going to tell everybody in the back, bro, table 56 is just a bunch of dickheads. And now you and you are collectively added into that group of dickheads and you didn't say a fucking word. Yeah. Congratulations. You played you a kid. Surround yourself with one kid. That's it. <laughs> bro, it's like, it's like, it's like mold. You put one moldy apple next to a group of good apples. You're going to have a bunch of fucking Can dogs. Can we talk about fucking berries and how you get berries, you think they look great, you get home, there's one of them, it's moldy, and the and next they're day toast. they're all toast. moldy. Yeah. Toast. That sucks. I Happened to me. I hate that. Happened to me the other no, day. No, no. The worst is when you eat a strawberry because you look at one side, it's like, kosher. Oh, yeah. And it, uh, <laughs> why is it hairy? <laughs> hey, like spit it out. like, it's blue. All right, I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's why I'm... I hadn't got COVID though, you know, just eating molds. We got to wrap this up, man. It's been <laughs> yeah, a pleasure. Any dude, closing sure. thoughts where people can find you? Um, at Kalbowski on Instagram. Um, I'm pretty accessible. I answer pretty much everybody. I run an online group uh, called Moda Collective. It's just a group of entrepreneurs. Spell it out. Tell them uh, where to find it. M-O-D-A Collective on Facebook. There it's you like go. 9,000 entrepreneurs. There's, you know, some certain billionaires in nice. there. There's guys that are just figuring it out, but... It's really awesome. I mean, it's a great network, great resource. You know, Beautiful. pretty much anything you want to know is one message away. Nice. And Love then, it. Uh, Powerful. Yeah, I mean, billion and two. All right, there we go. Sean, tell them where to find you. Sean Mike Kelly. I'm Ari Gold, ETH. Thanks for having us. Hey.